The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Welcome to another episode of the Mr. Nelson Show, episode 82. What? No, I remember 81. This is episode 81. I do. I was only 12. Now, who cares, Nelson? I mean, for God's sake, a nuclear explosion just went on in the political landscape. Oh, my God. Freedom has just been ripped from us in front of our face. No, <laughs> oh, for God's sakes, that's a bunch of horses. You know it. I don't know such thing, Red. God damn it. The Republicans have finally seized power. They just usurped it. And they're stealing a, a Supreme Court seat right from Obama. And they've succeeded right in front of us. You know, and everyone saw it and everyone knows it. And they did it because Mitch McConnell used his dictatorial powers to force the vote through <laughs> to confirm Judge Gorsuch oh, on the Supreme Court. It's yeah. horrible. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Lefty, what would give you that idea? But I mean, come on. It, it's all over the news, Mr. Nelson. NBC, MSNBC, oh, ABC News, CNN, and all the stalwart champions of news that are willing to speak truth to power. And they're reporting of what this terrible theft oh, that the Republicans have done. Oh, man, like the Democrats are all lily white and pure. <laughs> Well, your party is mostly white. But nevertheless, no, the Democrats have never, ever done anything Lord. like this. They've always been fair and observant of the rules. Uh, no, Lefty, that's that's just not true. What? Yeah, in fact, uh, the very most of the uh, media sources that you were referring to that are uh, uh, all uh, screaming uh, foul and uh, gnashing their teeth uh, over this news of the uh, nuclear option that Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell used in order to get uh, Judge Gorsuch confirmed, uh, were just thrilled back in 2013 when Harry Reid did the same what? thing. What? Oh, yeah. No. Well, take a look at this, Lefty. Well, the idea of requiring a supermajority for the president to appoint his nominees just is anachronistic. Here's the thing. Uh, it's been so abused, this filibuster. The filibuster can be a very good thing. Right. Compelled by partisanship... Uh, it does enhance the rights of minorities in the Senate. That's a, a minority in the Senate. That's a good thing. But it's been so abused, they just can't take it anymore. So I think they did the right thing. Well, that's what happens when Republicans lose elections. But they don't, they're not accepting the consequences. So again, this is a necessary step. This afternoon, Democrats took the Oh my God, look who it is. Scaling back the filibuster that Republicans 
have unfairly used to block the president's well, nominees. Maybe, maybe they were. Judges unfair. can be blocked on an up or down oh, vote, Rachel. on a on a majority vote, no, like Rachel, always. No. But they cannot be blocked Rachel anymore Mankell. with just a minority no, of stop votes. That, Republicans cannot force that anymore. Oh, it's due to the action of the Senate Democrats today. There well, will be no more 60 vote requirements to get oh, the president's oh, appointments confirmed. Oh. No more dowing around and delay well, tactics. No more Mickey Mouse. Oh. With any luck. There will be action. This is a huge freaking deal. Oh, this is geez. like three-inch headline. No, I, I agree with you about this being an affirmative win for democracy. Oh, if no. that is the case, why do we still have the filibuster for legislation? Say to my friends <laughs> on the other side of the aisle, you'll regret this. And you may regret Man. it a lot sooner than you think. Yeah, uh, that yeah. threat by Mitch McConnell had me intimidated on this issue for years, like oh. the traditionalists in the Senate. Yeah. I was afraid of, okay, what happens when the other yeah, side has this power? But I, I very recently came around, I guess like the final oh, few okay. senators, to the what? realization that, of course, they've got to do this, because, well. in fact, when the Republicans have power in, the, in a Republican presidency, this, the Democrats in the Senate would not be attempting to use the filibuster this way to that degree anyway. Uh, Chuck oh, Grassley wouldn't? on the Senate floor some days ago said... Uh, Oh, okay, yeah, if you guys do this, then, yeah. you know, we're just going to, when we get back in power, we're just going to confirm another Scalia. And I realized, yeah. yeah, of course you are, because Scalia got 98 votes in the Senate. <laughs> the Democrats uh. voted for Scalia. They did not filibuster Scalia. Oh, but then they <laughs> did, didn't they, Lawrence? Yes, they did. Ah, well, so much for Lawrence O'Donnell, uh, a true idiot yeah. uh, who doesn't even know his own party. Oh, I guess man. I didn't know him either. I didn't know that about them voting for Scalia. Yeah, Red, well, uh, things were a little different back in those days, oh. but those Democrats are long gone. Well, good riddance. I mean, George Gersich is a threat, and he had to be stopped. Well, Lefty, would you agree that he's a lot like Scalia? Oh yes. Well, then there you go. You're contradict. You're uh, arguing against what um, uh, Lawrence O'Donnell said there. Uh, but I bet he's not saying that now. This is different because Trump's president and and and, and, and Harry Reid was was trying to get a federal judge. It wasn't the Supreme Court, and and, and, and it just it was a different thing. And the Republicans had been really naughty. Oh, come and, on. They had to do something. I mean, come on. Yeah, well, so did the Republicans. You know, this is really foolish on the part of the Democrats to just shoot their wide on this uh, uh, nominee for the Supreme Court. Because, uh, boy, I tell you, those Supreme Court justices aren't getting any younger. So chances oh, no. are there's going to be another one, another seat come up for uh, Trump to uh, nominate for. Oh, and here the Democrats blew out everything they had on this guy. That they had all supported for his federal uh, judgeship in the past. Well, so, wow. Huh? How about that? Yeah. Uh, so, the, the, the pathway is wide open oh, now God. for Trump to just put everybody he wants on that bench. Oh, yeah. And, and the federal benches, too. Oh, so. no. Oh, man. Hallelujah! Oh. Praise the Lord! Oh. He sent Trump to do the job. Oh, to do the job for the Russians. Oh, That's right. Uh, you're all just sitting here laughing about this and having your little victories, when you're allowing this man who's in bed what? with a monster oh. from Russia. What? My God! 
where is your sense of uh, of national uh, security of patriotism? Oh, no, you didn't. God damn, you don't question my patriotism. Uh, I'll give you some patriotism right in your nose. Oh, you're always going to, to violence. That's what you people no, do. No, that's what your people do when they beat up people trying to go see Milo or Gavin and they beat them in the head with a crowbar. But the real scandal here left in, you know it, is that Obama spied on Trump. An American, no. his own citizen. No. He spied on him. No, yep. he did not. Oh, That's yeah, we know outrageous. it. We know it. No, we don't. Oh, Nunez. Nunez had to step away from his committee chairmanship because he was just a tool for the White House. No, no, Lefty. I mean, because he was under investigation because of seeing the classified materials in the White House. Uh, as he put it, some left-wing groups had filed complaints with the Ethics Committee. So while he's under investigation for that, it was inappropriate, according to the rules of the House, for him to remain as the chairman on the committee. So he stepped aside, and then just another Republican takes his place. Yeah, well, whatever, but now he's under investigation, just like Trump is under investigation, for possible collusion with Russia. Yeah, we, we know because of all the leaks that have shown that they were serious concerns within the intelligence com- uh, community of uh, contacts between the Trump people and Russia. Yeah, Lefty, I wonder how those leaks managed to get get out, you know? Uh, we don't know the sources because uh, the media, of course, never disclose their sources like that because uh, these people committed crimes by doing that. But, uh, gee, I wonder how, how that came about. And also, uh, we, now, we know that uh, the incidental uh, surveillance that can happen because uh, the NSA uh, is doing its uh, foreign surveillance and surveillance of uh, uh, ambassadors such as the Russian ambassador. And uh, but if he's talking to an American, then that surveillance would include an American's voice, and the transcript or data of the conversation would be recorded by the NSA. And so, in order for that to be read or see what the Russian ambassador was talking about or whatever, uh, they mask the Americans. And so when you read uh, the transcript of these conversations, when you're uh, somebody in the works in the White House or what have you say, I don't know, a national security advisor, perhaps uh, you're going to read the data, but it'll just say uh, American one and American number two and stuff like that, talking to uh, the ambassador. And uh, you have to uh, go through the channels to request that they be unmasked. I know where this but, is going. Uh, there would have to be a, a pretty good reason as to why, but well, uh, yeah. Well, it, this is all about Susan Rice, isn't it? Because she's black and a woman, and you all oh. hate her, and that's what this is. Susan Rice. No, she's a goddamn liar. Nothing to do with oh, this. Oh, yes, she did. This is just as a destruction from the obvious scandal of your boy. Trump. Oh, no, 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 no. That damn Susan Rice has always well. been a liar. She lied about Ben Gazi. Oh, Ben Gazi. She lied about this. Oh, my God. That's outrageous.
ages. Well, not really, Lefty. Uh, let's take a listen to some clips here. What? Uh, Susan Rice was asked about Nunez and uh, what he had found about the, all the uh, incidental surveillance and uh, unmasking and what have you. What? And uh, she was talking to uh, PBS about it. What, what, what is this? What? Susan Rice, welcome to the program. Good to be with you, Judy. So we invited you on to talk about several things, but in the last few hours, we've been following a disclosure by the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Devin Nunes, <laughs> that in more. essence, during the final days of the Obama administration, during the transition after uh, uh, President Trump uh, <sighs> had been elected, that he and the people around him Not may have people. been caught up in surveillance of foreign individuals and that their identities may have been disclosed. Do you know anything about this? I know nothing about this. I was <laughs> surprised to see uh, reports from uh, Chairman Yunus on that uh, count today. I mean, let's back up and recall where we have been. Uh, the President of the United States accused his predecessor, President Obama, of wiretapping Trump Tower during the campaign. Exactly. Nothing no, of the sort occurred, and we've heard right. that confirmed by no, the director of the FBI, who also pointed out that no president, no White House, uh, can order the surveillance no, of another American citizen. That can only come from the Justice Department with the approval of a FISA court. Exactly. So today, uh, I really don't FISA, know to what uh, Chairman Nunes was referring. But he said that whatever he was referring to was a, a legal, lawful uh, surveillance and that it was potentially incidental collection right. on American citizens. And I think it's important for, under, for people to understand what incidental means. That means that the target was a, either a foreign understand. entity or somebody under criminal investigation and that the Americans who were talking to those targets mm -hmm. may have been picked up. Oh, I bet, yeah. But this doesn't, so what? What's this? It doesn't prove anything bad about Miss Rice. Lefty, she's uh, denying knowledge what? of what Nunez is talking about. And, well, uh, well, so what? I mean, as if she had absolutely nothing ever to do with this business of uh, masking and unmasking uh, Americans yeah. in the, uh, these cases of incidental surveillance. Well, how do you know she had anything to do with it, that she ever unmasked anybody? You don't know any of that, Mr. Nelson. We receive uh, from the intelligence community a compilation of intelligence reports oh, no. that the IC, the intelligence community, has selected for us on a daily basis to give us no. the best information as to what's going on around the world. I received those reports, as did each of those other officials, and uh, there were occasions when I would receive a report in which uh, a U.S. person was referred to. Oh, no. Name not provided, just U.S. person. And sometimes in that context, in order to understand the importance of the report and assess its significance, it was necessary to find out or request the information as to who that U.S. official was. Oh, oh there it is, right oh, there. Oh, I didn't know nothing about this. I didn't know nothing. Uh-huh. Boy, she done lied again. No, I mean, just... Just a little, baby. But the, 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 the main point here is that she, there's no evidence that she leaked any of this, that she's the source of the leaks. There's nothing there that says that. Well, Lefty, uh, 
that's probably true. However, uh, she is the one who unmasked the identities in this case. And uh, it's likely that several others could do it. Uh, James Clapper and uh, even Ben Rhodes could have done this. And uh, once that's done, uh, the identities uh, of these people are, are clear to be read. And uh, Obama did uh, loosen the rules of who had access to this information. And uh, that creates quite a few people, some of whom are probably still working in the government, uh, leaking this stuff. And uh, we know from uh, Dr. Evelyn Farkas on our last but, show when we played that clip, admitted yeah. that this whole network no. of uh, former Obama people but, uh, leaking this stuff, and she encouraged it. And so, uh, well... No, you see, she, she backtracked on that. She backtracked. No, so, left uh, that, you got you, No, you can't use that anymore. No, the hell I can't. She sat there and said that, and uh, now she's going to say it didn't happen. Oh, I mean, yeah. no, but, no. Yeah. Uh, nope. Was she going to say she was just lying and making it up for the hell of it? No, but... Yeah, she let the cat out of the bag yeah, right then and there. Yeah, and yeah. that's what happened. Now, But this would be this would be patriotic on their part, because if what? you have criminal activity, especially treasonous activity, well, How they felt it this you? duty to put it out there for the oh, American people to have a right duty. to know... That the president is a traitor. Oh my God, that's it. Oh, oh, I'm out. I'm out. Oh, it's red. Oh, boy. Uh, Lefty, if the evidence was there uh, that uh, Trump's people were in collusion with the Russians. Yeah, it is. Um, why didn't they just leak that? What? 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 What do you? I mean. Look into it. No, uh, Lefty, it, it's because they don't have it. But no, I mean, yeah, it. Uh huh. I, damn yeah, it, it just gotta crap out everything. Yeah. Jeez. Well, all right, let's take a break, and we'll come back with uh, a new episode of the ASS, the American Super Society. After this. Like the sound of my voice? Yes, you know you do. And you want to hear it in the best way possible. So why not get yourself some headphones and accessories from Tweaked Audio? Key features include eight colors and styles, mic'd and non-mic'd versions, designed to sound great for music and talk. Noise-reducing design with a lifetime warranty. So head over to tweakedaudio.com and use discount code Mr. Nelson at checkout for 33% off and free worldwide shipping. That's Mr. Nelson, M-R-N-A-I-L-S-I-N. It's not case-sensitive, but it is all one word. That's tweakedaudio.com. Meet Black Jack. Jiving Jack Lynch. What he does unto others, he does in style. Black Jack, the rude dude who blew all the gold out of Fort Knox and spread the bread around. See George Stanford Brown star of the rookies as Black Jack. He's got the man on the pan and he's gonna fry him good. Black Jack, rated PG. My name is Reed Dootman, and I didn't believe in ghosts until I was raped by one. And now, together with my partner, Brad Brobo, 
we investigate all aspects of the paranormal. Whether it be ghosts, demons, cryptozoology, or even UFOs, we're not afraid to kick in the doors of the unknown. We are the Paranormals. Next week on Paranormals, we will be investigating the claims of a radio talk show host who says it's possible that he is being possessed by the spirit of a deceased rock star. I know what you're thinking. Sounds incredible. But let's listen to this eyewitness testimony. Sometimes I think uh, the ghost of Prince uh, possesses my body. You hear it, right? <laughs> Pretty compelling stuff. So, Brad and I will spend the night in the studio of the Rob Saul Show. And using our audio, video, and electronic equipment, we will determine whether or not the studio is haunted by the spirit of Prince Nelson. Prince, are you here? Just give us a sign. Let us know you're here. Why do you want to possess a loser like Rob Saw? Oh, dude, I think I felt something. Oh, man, let's play the audio back and see if we got an EVP. Why do you want to possess a loser like Rob Saw? This is what it sounds like when doves cry. <gasps> oh, oh man! Whoa! What happens next will blow your mind, so don't miss next week's episode of Paranormals. And for all you naysayers out there who say we're nothing but a hoax, I dare you to sit through this episode without having to get up and wipe. That's next time on Paranormals. Huh. This is Smedley uh, from Night Night, and uh, you're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the adventures of the world's greatest superheroes, the ASS American Super Society. Previously, on the ASS, the American Super Society, oh, on terror. Holy shit, what the hell is that? I don't know, Night Knight, but it doesn't look good. Oh my god, it's not. Do you guys have any idea what this is? No, lady, we don't. We just said we didn't. Well, you see, that's the magic lantern, and it's going to release some horrible powers into the world that don't belong here. We've got to stop him. But unfortunately, Miss Wizard's warnings comes too late. For although the superheroes have defeated Osama Bin Laden's henchmen, there remains the ultimate power of the Magic Lantern. Suddenly, the green smoke begins to dissipate, but in its place, the clouds in the sky begin to part and show yet another portal opening in the sky. And from it, several strange figures come flying out of it. Seventy-two strange figures, to be exact. Yes, they all come flying out, holding bright swords, dressed in what appear to be I Dream of Genie outfits, and flying on magic carpets. Oh, yes, the seventy-two virgins, as promised, have now descended from the heavens to fight the American demons and save the world! 
And now, Chapter 6 of the ASS, the American Super Society, War on Terror. Holy crap, who the hell are those bitches? I don't know, but they do seem to possess certain superpower abilities. Yeah, besides those flying carpets they're riding on, oh, they seem to be able to shoot lightning bolts out of those swords. Oh man, and they are numbers. Yeah, you'll find that there's 72 of them. 72? You mean all them stories about 72 virgins is true? Well, I don't know about that, but these particular beings, I know exactly what they are. Around Arabia, they call them jinn, but we know them better as demons. They're entities from another dimension, and they're here to do horrible harm to humanity. Well, outnumbered or not, we'd better get up there and engage them. Ready, Moon Maid? Right behind you, honey. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, me too. Uh... Okay, well, we gotta do our best. Yes, I will enjoy consuming these pan-dimensional beings' brains. You can't fly or nothing, and I'd help you out, but I need to use all my mythical energies fighting these 72 demons. So, um, later. Damn it. I hate it when superpowered people talk to me like I'm nothing but a man in tights. You are nothing but a man in tights, but fortunately, before we came over here through that portal that Miss Wizard made, we managed to find this curious contraption inside your night jet. Good lord, my night glider. Then we can join the battle. Alright, let's go. Hey guys, wait for me. Yeah, sure, there's plenty of room, Siren. All you gotta do is grab onto my shorts. <laughs> oh, I guess you'll have to hold on. Um, yeah, you got plenty of gut for me to grab. Well, come on, let's go. Come on, start. Start. Oh, man, come on, the whole ward's gonna be over before we can get up there. Yeah, damn it, I'm working on it. No, oh, there, there. Alright, right, we're good to go. And so, night-night, Tom Cat Tom, fly on the night glider, into the battle, in the skies. Hey, bitch, how about some stars in your eyes? Yeah, 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 oh no! Die, Holy shit! Take that, and that, and this too, and that. Bend to my will, you demons! No one can resist the power of my glowing ass! No one except us, you bitch. Oh! Ow! Oh no! Honey, my glowing ass doesn't work! I'm gonna need some help here! What? Oh, well, I... You may be fast, mortal, but your powers are nothing to the jack! Oh, oh, oh no! Somebody help! Oh, oh. Whisper! In danger! I... I got to act fast to save him! I... Uh, I... Uh, I'll be with you in a minute, honey! Uh, You're safe now. I've got you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm safe. Thanks to you, Dr. Spectacular. Oh no! Look out! Scum! I've got to set it! This so-called Dr. Spectacular won't be so spectacular. No, I don't understand. The Spectre Rod contains my power. If you break it, you'll... No, don't! 
but the evil Jin refuses to listen to Dr. Spectacular and does indeed snap his spectre rod in two. At that, there is a massive explosion of light, which knocks everyone on their backs. Fortunately, they all safely land on the flying carpets. Miss Wizard was also knocked back by the brilliant explosion, causing her to lose her concentration on her portal spell. But a portal does indeed open. What? What? What the? Oh, oh no! What are you waiting for, Miss Wizard? Let's run him through that hole! What? Hey, wait a minute. That looks like... Yes, it's Wellington, D.C. Oh, you mean that's what hell looks like? <laughs> Makes sense. No, that, that's the real Washington, D.C. Eh? Meanwhile, down below at the Al-Qaeda camp, from which this entire battle erupted, Osama bin Laden and his henchmen stare at the battle in the sky. Praise be to Allah! The 72 versions are defeating the Americans. Uh, yay! And now is my time to enact the second phase of my master plan. Fire up the bad of vengeance! And with that, a curtain is pulled back from the structure in the camp to reveal a fully refurbished Horton Bomber, the Nazi air experimental jet. That was never able to put into service because the war ended before it could be, but was found at the lost Nazi base, at the ancient ruins of the lost civilization, near the Arctic Ice. But now, the bomber, which was the basis for the American stealth bomber, is now fully refurbished and fueled and fired up and ready to go. And within its belly lies the Nazi atomic bomb. And quickly, it runs down the runway of the Al-Qaeda base, and into the air it streaks, passing through the portal that leads to Washington, D.C. Oh no! Is this the end? Has the ASS snatched defeat from the jaws of victory? Find out in the next exciting and final episode of The ASS, American Super Society, or on Terra. The ASS, the American Super Society, is a Nelson production. All characters are written and performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Music is provided by Kevin McLeod and other public domain sources. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Should young gals go off on their vacations alone? Do they know all the dangers of the road? Do they realize the risk of picking up hitchhikers? You'll find out when you see Girls on the Road, filmed in color on the beach near Big Sur, California. Girls on the Road, a shocking adventure of two high school chicks looking for trouble, looking for men, and finding both. We was alone. <laughs> Girls on the Road, starring three promising newcomers, Michael Antkeen, star of the rookies, Diana Hall, and Kathleen Cody. 
You'll love this film that brings a new high in thrills and excitement. This story of two glamorous gals playing with fire, feeling new emotions they don't understand. It's a story that ends in a nightmare of death and murder. Come see Girls on the Road and ask yourself the question, should girls pick up hitchhikers? Don't fail to see Girls on the Road, rated GP from the Fanfare Corporation. Oh, well, we, what's this? <laughs> well, it's another spaghetti sci fi rift by yours truly. Oh, man, don't leave me hanging. Fill me in on the details. Well, this time it's Mr. Nelson Riff's War of the Robots. Oh, boy. Yes, in War of the Robots, a scientist from Earth is kidnapped by a bunch of robots that all look like the late Rolling Stone Brian Jones. Huh, yes. The crew of the starship Trissy. What? <laughs> yes, they call it the starship Trissy. Uh, they pursue the robots to rescue the scientist and his beautiful assistant. They run around a lot, and once in a while they shoot ray guns and then watch TV. Yes, this spaghetti sci-fi romp was made by the same guys who made Cosmos War of the Planets. Oh, wow! Yes, so once again, someone on the set forgot to turn on the lights during filming. Oh, <laughs> but wait, there's more. Also in this package deal, you get Chapter 4 of Flash Gordon, Space Soldiers Conquer the Universe. Yes, Flash saves the Earth by taking a powder on a mountain. Meanwhile, Ming the Merciless makes Dale watch as Dr. Zarkov is forced to wear a dress. Warning! Due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. It also contains some music from Kevin MacLeod. Oh, wow! Where can I get this? Oh, you just have to head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. And this little gem can be yours, simply for a buck seventy-five. Oh, wow! Cheap! Yes. Yes, it is. Hi, this is Mercedes Carrera, and you are listening to The Mr. Nielsen Show on RadioMisfits.com. All right, we're back. Uh, well, you know, uh, I'm a comic book nerd, and uh, every now and then I like to talk about what's going on in the world of the comic book stuff. And uh, recently, uh, it, from uh, Marvel Comics... Uh, the Marvel uh, Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing, uh, David Gabriel, came out and uh, gave a, uh, a few statements on the state of the industry as it is for Marvel, and it's not too great. Uh, their sales are plummeted. And uh, he says, people didn't want any more diversity. They didn't want female characters out there. That's what we heard, whether we believe that or not. I don't know that that's really true, but that's what we saw in sales. Well, of course, he, uh, he got in trouble for that. Uh, a bunch of people were upset and mad and all that. And he kind of had to backtrack. Oh, no, we love our diverse characters, and uh, we know our fans want to see more of them and all that stuff. And uh, But nevertheless, uh, the contention was, well, could this be true that uh, Marvel's uh, obsession with diversity and more to the point, uh, political correctness, because it goes far beyond just, uh, you know, everything has to be diversity means anything that's not white and male. That's diversity. <laughs> 
not diversity of thought or ideas or any of that. And uh, the truth be told, Marvel has always had uh, diverse characters, uh, and, and DC's the same for a very long time. Uh, there's a lot of uh, one of their big stars for feminism is the Captain Marvel uh, title which uh, was originally a man, uh, but he died of cancer way back in the early 80s. And then uh, uh, he was replaced by a black woman. Yes, in the 80s, uh, Marvel Comics version of Captain Marvel was a black woman. And then they took that away from her, and she became, uh, they called her Photon, and now she's uh, Spectrum or something like that. I don't know. But uh, it's funny how that happened, and no one bats an eye or gives a damn. Because now Captain Marvel, uh, the feminist superhero for uh, Marvel Comics, is uh, a blonde white woman. (laughs) She used to be called Miss Marvel. Uh, She was related to the Captain Marvel stories. and uh, I think an incident with him gave she uh, gave got his powers and that sort of thing. I forget the whole story. Anyway, uh, so and she's going to get her own movie. Uh, Brie Larson, I believe, was cast to play her and all that sort of thing. Uh, but anyway, she's not going to be Miss Marvel. She's going to be Captain Marvel from now on. And so the name was still out there. So they gave the name to uh, uh, a, a Muslim girl uh, named uh, Kamala Khan. And uh, I've been hearing uh, that she's this great wonder and you must read it. And whenever someone says you must do it and you have to do it or you're a racist, I'm not going to read it. Uh, I haven't heard anything what the definitive great story is. I heard there's some touching stories about her family. They always do that. All these superhero comics have their their soap operas and whatnot. You know, I just didn't see anything that drew me to the story. And I'm not a big fan of the legacy characters when they hand the name off to someone else. Every now and then there's some that work and some that work better than the original and that sort of thing. Um, uh, In DC Comics, the black Mr. Terrific, I think, is far superior to the old white one. (laughs) And I mean, the old white guy uh, lived in the World War II time. So to have a Mr. Terrific in today's world, it kind of worked out and made sense. And uh, the Kamala Khan kind of makes sense, too. I mean, she's a fan of uh, uh, the Captain Marvel woman, Carol is her name. And uh, so it kind of worked out that way. But it was all pushing this crap that we're all a bunch of Islamophobes. And uh, if you're not reading Kamala Khan, you're an Islamophobe. And uh, I'm tired of this crap because Islamophobia hasn't resulted in a whole lot of horrific things as opposed to what I call infidelophobia, which has slaughtered thousands and thousands of people. So, I, yeah, I'm not finding that all that funny. Uh, so, anyway, she was one of the big stars, and yet her title uh, ended and then had to be rebooted again. And a lot of them do. Uh, so, if it was so great and wonderful, I just don't think you would do that. But, nevertheless, they did. Same thing with uh, the new Captain Marvel they got to reboot it and send it back to number one and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, the whole point of whether all this diversity stuff hurt Marvel, well, this guy wrote an article for uh, Comic Book Resources, and everyone keeps referring to it because he crunched the numbers and proved that it wasn't true. Well, no, he didn't. Uh, he goes through about... Uh, they did a series where they rebooted the entire Marvel Universe, not just, you know, a couple of issues. <laughs> so, and the series that did this was called Secret Wars, 
And after that, the entire universe was, uh, you know, redone and all this sort of thing. And after that, uh, there was a huge drop-off of readership in uh, Marvel's uh, books. Um, So, I'll read some of this. Uh, He says, just to be clear, diversity has little to do with the drop-in sales in Marvel's top ten books. Only three, the mighty Thor who is now a woman, Uh, Invincible Iron Man, who is now a woman, and Black Panther, who is, of course, black and has been since the 60s, Uh, nevertheless, uh, can be considered diverse in that they star a lead character who is a woman or a person of color. The rest are series starring white male heroes. Our teams made up predominantly of white male heroes. Uh, I'm not sure these teams he's referring to because there's the Avengers and the X-Men. Uh, they got they dropped Fantastic Four. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, he's saying that there was all those guys. Uh, these are Marvel's traditional A-list heroes being written and drawn by A-list writers and artists, all of whom are themselves white men, and yet they are floundering. Uh, so he's saying the uh, the white uh, superhero titles are floundering just as much as the others, so therefore it can't have anything to do with it. Now, what are the storylines about? What is the dialogue in it? I'll give you an example. There was this panel that I saw flown around where uh, it was Spider-Man, Firestar, and Iceman, the Spider-Friends, and they were rescuing some sort of alien creature, baby, and uh, uh, Iceman referred to the baby as a boy. Firestar loses her mind and says, you have no right to impose our gender constructs on this uh, alien child. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's an alien child. How would she know? And he said, hey, he's got a little thing. The baby was naked and it looked like he had a penis. So Iceman just assumed he was a boy. No real harm done here. But of course, the the feminist, you know, uh, social justice warrior girl <laughs> had to uh, lose her shit there. So there's things like that, too. It's what I said, uh, diversity, but PC-ness and that cult of PC is also filtered throughout stories and what have you. And it does, even if they're all white, they're still preaching this crap. Uh, so, but what about the bottom 10? He says, rather than just focusing on February, 2017, I looked at final issue sales for all books launched since October, 2015, the bottom 10 series, uh, all had final or most recent sales uh, below 9,000 copies, averaging uh, 7,161 copies sold to retailers. Of these, four were canceled in six issues or less. Solo, Starbrand, and Nightmask, Red Wolf, and Hyperion. Uh, Starbrand and Nightmask was kind of a buddy cop type series. And originally they were both white characters, but they rebooted it. And Starbrand was white, but Nightmask w- was black. So... Uh, I would assume that this he would consider this to count as a uh, diverse title. And Red Wolf, uh, well, that's a Native American. Uh, uh, Patsy Walker Hellcat was canceled, or likely to be canceled. Uh, but anyway, he goes on to say that of these books, of these ten books, five would qualify as diverse. Well, so that's half. I would think that's uh, 
pretty significant number, but, uh, so he goes through a lot of these that got canceled and, and all that since the secret, secret wars thing, uh, which they introduced a buttload of new titles and it was kind of a glut. And that's one of his explanations. And he's got a point there that that's a good explanation as to why a lot of these titles failed and uh, they lost readership there because they just had too many to pick from. Um, uh, but nevertheless, after all that, and he was making the point that, well, the white male superhero titles were hurting too. Um, then he comes to this paragraph. That said, it is true that diverse series have sold slightly worse than those fronted by white male superheroes. Well, then there you go. You can't just say in your headline that diversity didn't have anything to do with it. Uh, or that it's not because of it. You could say that it's uh, not the only factor into this, and that I could agree with. But the idea that it had no effect whatsoever in the or negative effects for Marvel, um, just not true. Uh, I think it, it. you can argue that it did. And what I would say is not just the aesthetics of whether someone is black or, or a woman or what have you, but rather the politics that has just rammed down people's throats, especially stupid things like you have to be punished if you mistake an alien baby for being a boy because he looks male. Uh, that kind of crap. Uh, yeah, that's going to turn some people off. Or stupid things like what happened in the uh, the Thor comic where the writer uh, uh, literally censored out her own dialogue that she had written into the story where it was all these uh, preaching about uh, leftist ideals and whatnot. And it had nothing to do with the story that was in the comic book. Just It's, it's as if someone scribbled over the lines of the story. <laughs> I mean, what the hell is that? And so uh, that kind of thing and just constantly pushing it if you're not from the left, we don't want you here. Okay, message received. You see the results. Oh, God, who cares about your stupid comic books? My God, we're living under the tyranny of a Russian agent, and you're just sitting here going on about Marvel Comics, who's probably just trying to help people and make them feel better about themselves in a world where they're ignored by white people. What the hell are you talking about, Russia? Tyranny or Russian agent? You mean, well, Trump and all that? Well, of course. And I mean, he's just sitting there while this heinous gas attack happened by a stooge of Putin. Mm -hmm. All right. Bashar Assad in Syria. Yes, he uh, used chemical weapons to attack his own people, uh, uh, apparent rebels, uh, an area they controlled, I assume. And uh, he attacked them, and a lot of people were badly hurt and killed uh, by this uh, chemical attack, which seemed to have some uh, neurological symptoms and what have you, very horrible stuff, and people died slow, painful deaths. Uh, really, uh, if you're going to go, you'd probably rather get blown up or shot rather than uh, suffer that crap. So, uh, yeah, but the interesting thing about it, Lefty, was... Uh, uh, 
It appears, uh, once again, our good friend, uh, the former National Security Advisor to President uh, Obama, uh, Susan Rice, what? Uh, uh, gave her thoughts on the matter of Assad's uh, chemical weapons stockpile uh, in January in an interview with NPR. On the, the so-called chemical weapons red line, indeed, we had put in place the assets necessary to use force to try to strike at those chemical facilities and command and control entities that we thought were relevant to our chemical weapons concern. So why didn't it happen? Because in the meantime, we were able to find a solution that actually removed (laughs) the chemical weapons that were known from Syria (laughs) in a way that the use of force would never have accomplished. Do you regret the articulation of a red line in Syria? It's not for me to regret or or otherwise. I think the president stated the U.S. view, which is the use of chemical weapons is not something we're prepared to allow to persist. And we didn't. We managed to accomplish that goal far more thoroughly than we could have by some limited strikes against chemical targets by getting the entirety of the declared stockpile removed. Oh, once again, Susan Rice and the Obama administration poop the bed. The Russians, they lied and they helped him hide it. And that just goes to show that, well, we've got Trump in there. They're just going to get away with even more lying and deception and crimes like this. Holy crap! What the hell was that? Well, Lefty, I believe that was the sound of uh, the U.S. Navy under the command of President Trump bombing the shit out of Bashar Assad's airbase. What? So, uh, yeah, what? he just uh, took a, a cruise missile shot, apparently 60 cruise missiles, uh, uh, and bombed uh, the Syrian airbase that apparently was the one that launched the gas attack. And, um, yeah, he just uh, bombed uh, a, a client of Russia. What? That's strange. I thought they were buddies. According to well, you, they were. Well, yeah. Um, but there he is. He he, he just bombed them. Huh. Well, well, it just goes to show he's a warmonger. That's what that means. <laughs> yeah, he just can't win, can he? Well, Lefty, no. Well, uh, there are, are some possibilities here. Uh, uh, I, I think he's going to have to do a little more than just this one attack. Uh, because otherwise, what? usually when you get hit by the U.S. and you survive it, you can, they tend to look at it as a badge of honor and a bit of strength. Well, big deal. The U.S. is still scared and I can do whatever I want. Because uh, Assad may put the kibosh on his chemical weapons that, yes, he still has. And Obama was a fool to think that he could get rid of what? it like that. He didn't. Or, or that he just lied about it. Who cares? He doesn't. What? And... Uh, <laughs> No, shut up, Lefty. I'm, I'm, I'm on a rant here. Uh, so, uh, Assad could just keep going with his conventional weaponry, which uh, everyone just seemed to be accepting, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and bombing people and killing them and like that. Uh, uh, but the other uh, idea, of course, is that he's been spanked and spanked hard, and he might uh, capitulate here. And maybe even get rid of him. Of course, if you get rid of him, who replaces him? Exactly. Uh, we've done this before. It hasn't worked out so great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, would ISIS come in? Or, well, the rebels. Well, who are these rebels? We can never get a really straight answer on that. Some of them might be good guys. Some of them not so much. Yeah. Uh, well, they might be anti-Iran, but then again, they might be pro-Al-Qaeda. So... 
uh, not a good idea to give them uh, another state that they can take over, especially one that apparently ha- does and still has uh, chemical weapons. What? Yeah, that's probably what? not great. So, but then again, there is another uh, benefit from doing this uh, military action, and that it's a signal to North Korea. Uh, The scuttlebutt is is that little fat kid over there (laughs) is crazy enough, possibly, to launch a nuclear attack. Uh, This comes from an apparent uh, defector who says he better take it seriously because he's very uh, serious about doing something. You know, I don't know. Uh, he's meeting with the Chinese president right now. What, who? Maybe they'll work oh, a you deal mean out. And if it yeah. comes to that, maybe China would take the guy out. I don't know. Uh, but that is a serious hot spot. But then again, uh, showing uh, what the U.S. is capable of. Yeah, that, that might send a message to that little asshole. And uh, it might be a benefit there. But in the end, uh, what is our interest in Syria? Not a whole lot. Uh, we what? wouldn't want, like I said, someone like Al-Qaeda or what have you to get a hold of that country. Uh, no. But uh, we just might be helping that happen, so you just don't know. Oh, but exactly. I, who knows? Uh, what would be the doing. choice here? Uh, Trump was acting very standoffish about Syria. Exactly. And all of a sudden, Assad pulls this stunt. Exactly. Now, it, and that's what happened here. Yeah. It totally yeah. made Some this happen. Some would say that because he was acting like that, that that yes. uh, emboldened yes. uh, uh, Assad to do the attack. Yes. Uh, on the other hand, it was very foolish of Assad to do such a blatant well, uh, attack like that. That uh, left yeah, it wide but, open uh, for a response. However, if people uh, were saying that uh, uh, Trump's uh, timidity uh, in the face of Syria is what emboldened uh, Assad, it did. I need to ask him, have you been asleep for the last eight years? What? Or rather, the last six, as long as this what? war's been going. Yeah. What? Obama grabbed his ankles for oh, the whole situation God. when it comes That's... to foreign policy, oh. and it was no different here. No. Uh, so, and there'd been other chemical attacks since. He didn't do anything. What? So, uh, well, I'm not exactly sure why uh, Assad thought he had to do that, but he did, and uh, it could turn out to have been a fatal move on his part. Well. Uh, but then again, uh, we could be buying a whole new, uh, more heartbreak here. Uh, w- wish it was clear and concise with uh, great news. But uh, we've been here before, haven't we? Yes, we have. So, yeah. It's just... Trump is just... He's wrong because... He's just wrong! That's all there is to it! Yeah, so I guess the policy here for you, Lefty, is if Trump's for it, you're against it. Yes! Good night, everybody. The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. all the details for the show what? that it was coming up that we were thinking about doing. Oh, well, uh, 
Yeah, uh, next week uh, I, I have a guest planned. I'll, if that comes through, you never know with these things. It might fall through. And then there's uh, a following week, another guest. And, of course, before the month's over, I'm uh, going to do another show with Mercedes. So, the, you know, the, there'll be that sort of thing. Uh, but but, uh, yeah, but the, that's kind of like what I did previously yeah. uh, for, for the last month. So, you know, kind of the same thing. No, I was talking about we were discussing about the possibility of splitting the show in two. So that you could have a Nelson show on Wednesdays, oh, and, and then, yeah. of course, well, the Nelson show on Saturdays, as usual. Yeah, well, I haven't really talked to Radio Misfits about it, and uh, this week I got sick, <laughs> and I'm still kind of recovering from that, so uh, these things can happen. But yeah, I, I've thought about that, because a lot of these uh, news events, they're old by the time I've taped it and put it out on Saturdays. So if I'm going to keep doing that, I I might have like a probably a shorter show or something like that. I'm not sure exactly how it would work. And then the Saturday show would be another episode with something else, especially if I'm going to have guests more regularly. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to pull that off. But uh, if I keep doing that, then uh, that might be the Saturday show. Or the Wednesday show would just be me talking to a guest, and then the Saturday show would be all the crazy stuff I do. What? Uh, but uh, So, yeah, it's a possibility. I, I'm looking oh, into boy. that to where the uh, Nelson show would be twice a week. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know yet. But uh, when I figure that out, I'll talk to Radio Misfits about it. And then, uh, uh, well, you know, uh, twice a week then. All right. Uh, again, good night, everybody. All right. Hey, what I miss? <laughs>